You got one body, you got one life. How are you going to treat it? That's what we're going to talk about today as I interview Tom Richards. And he spent his life working with top athletes, people in pain, people of all fitness levels, all ages. And he's going to really dive in with me on really the understanding how the fascia works, how to keep ourselves healthy, pain free, and living our best life. It's Barton Bryan with the Mindset Forge podcast. Welcome back. We're going to dive deep today. There's so much to talk about with Tom. He's actually my former classmate. We went to high school together 30 years ago when we graduated class of 93. We just bumped into each other a few weeks back, got to talking at the reunion, realized there was a lot of synergy in our thoughts, ideas, experience. So I wanted to bring him on and have this discussion. So without further ado, my friend, Tom Richards. Hey, Tom, good to have you here. Uh, first of all, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to yeah, be I here. I appreciate you, man. It's like to be this here. Great. Looking forward to this. Uh, so, you know, a lot of us find, you know, these kind of aha moments in our life because of like something we personally go through and how it impacts our life in a really kind of unique, positive way. Uh, I know a little bit about your story, you know, being a martial artist and kind of having a hip injury. And that's how you kind of found rolfing and got that type of therapy. Talk about that moment where you, you know, you're injured, you were looking for a way to treat it and the importance of kind of that, that first connection with rolfing. Yeah, so I, I had just completed my degree in kinesiology, and I was on track to go to physical therapy school. I went, that was the logical progression, was to go to uh, school for physical therapy. So I was on track to do that, and um, it, right at the same time, um, as I was applying, I actually injured my hip training. And, uh, I, I was trying everything. I was just throwing everything at the kitchen sink at it. And I had actually read an article in a martial art magazine about rolfing and said, Oh, let's go, let's go give this a shot. And, uh, met a really talented rolfer by the name of Art Riggs, who, uh, you know, I, I was just, I was just blown away by the, by the process of it. It was, um, I mean, first of all, he was able to, he was able to address the problem at the source right away. Um, I got results that I ha hadn't seen through through uh, all the traditional routes, you know, um, massage, acupuncture, physical therapy. Um, but I, I just I really enjoyed the process of it, and it looked fun. You know, I was like, "Wow, uh, this guy's able to do all this problem solving. It's very hands on." Um, it's not dealing. And I was working as a, as a PT aide. So I knew that like, Oh, there's all this billing and terrible, you know, you're really involved with this whole, you know, sort of medical industry. And I saw, Oh, he doesn't have to do that. Wow. That looks nice. I, I could do that. Right. But it was really, I think the problem solving uh, aspect of it, it just, it felt like magic. It felt like yeah. magic in the way that martial arts feels like magic, you know? <laughs> and I, I, uh, I think I think I wanted to recreate that uh, that experience that I had, you know. Well, give give my listeners an, uh, an opportunity to know more about rolfing. I've I've personally heard of it, never had it done to myself, never never gone to a treatment. So other people may have other you know ways that they've heard about it or not heard about it. It's definitely not throwing up. Ralphine is different. <laughs> Let's clear that up. Yeah. Right now. Um, so in order to understand a little bit about rolfing, I think you got to understand um, what fascia is. So fascia is um, the connective tissue of our body that wraps around all of our muscles and it even suspends our organs. 
It's so all-encompassing, in fact, in our body that if you took away all your skin, all your nerves, all your vessels, everything, and you were just left with fascia, you would see that that's Barton. You would actually recognize your, who you are. That's, it's, it's everywhere. When we have a trauma, we have an accident or something, uh, a spill, that it can cause a strain, a distortion in, the, uh, in, in that fascia. So now we have a strain pattern. Rolfing is aiming to create uh, structural alignment, you know, regain structural alignment in, in, in this fascial matrix. And a lot of people probably heard of the word like myofascia. Yeah. Myofascial yeah, release. Yeah. And, and myo meaning muscle, fascia, obviously connective tissue or, or yeah. tissue. Uh, is fascia, the way you describe it, the same as myofascia? Or are we talking about like a little bit more holistically how, how the body works with fascia? Oh, I'm so glad you said that because yes, you're right. So we have, we actually have all kinds of fascia and it is, it is, uh, it is a continuum. <laughs> so it sort of defies, uh, traditional ideas of anatomy. So the, those are your listeners who have taken anatomy it kind of throws all that stuff on its head. And we understand that the, the fascia is a continuum, but, um, <clears throat> you know, yeah, the myofascia relates to the fascia that wraps around the muscle. It's not the same as the fascia that um, suspends organs, for instance. Mm -hmm. Could I use the word like kind of webbing fascia yeah. as a bit of a webbing around the body? Is that, does that ring true with like kind of the way you imagine, you know, like what this fascia looks like or how, That's it, great. how it operates? Yes, exactly. Imagine that your body, the outer perimeter of your body is a wetsuit. And imagine if that wetsuit didn't, fit properly. Let's say the front of the wetsuit was, was too short and the back was too long. Mm. And you walk around on that wetsuit and you're like, I don't know what's wrong with this, but this just doesn't feel comfortable after an hour. That's what it's like. That's what our fascia does to us. Uh, when we have, when it has a, a, these strain patterns that I'm referring to. Okay. So let's talk about the practical concepts around fascia. Somebody walks in, they've got pain. Yeah. And they've got, they've got an area of the body where there is active pain. Yeah. How do you, how, what are you kind of holistically looking at? How are you addressing it? Like how are you helping lead that person through, you know, to become pain free and more kind of movement ready, uh, you know, in the sense of like where the fascia is kind of come back to a, to closer to what it should be. The first thing I'm looking at actually is how is this body able to stand Ida Rolf called this the line okay meaning the, the the most economical line finding that center point and you can feel this yourself I'm sure as you if you hold the heavy weight over your head you can feel when that line is off you're bowing in the back or you're a little bit off to the side you know you have a very uh, visceral sense of where that where that line is so when we're standing throughout the day, um, and we're and we, we're we're off of this this line, um, this 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 vertical midline, um, the body's in uh, in a little bit of distress. We're not able to stand and move efficiently. We're not able to uh, breathe with with maximum efficiency. So that so that's the first thing. Okay, if I see something that's 
really off. That pelvis is just completely out front of the rib cage, or the head is jutting out forward. That takes a lot of energy from the system to uh, to to hold that position. And I want to unstrain that position. That's the first thing. Okay. It's a great time to be in the industry because I think we're learning so much so fast, but there's a lot of schools, right? There's a lot of schools of thought. There's a West, you know, there's not just Western and Eastern school, which I think Ralphine is a little bit more on the Eastern side of this, like kind of philosophy around the body and how it works as a system versus, you know, the Western side is like, Oh, your pain is here. There's something wrong with your shoulder. Let's do these shoulder exercises, rotator cuff, and fix it, right? And the moment the pain is gone and you've done six weeks of physical therapy or whatever, you're good. But there's a route to why that shoulder issue was happening. Like, and you talk about kind of the line of the body or the head jetting forward, you know, forward kind of anterior posture where the shoulders and everything is kind of long and weak in the back. Yes. Where, yes. Where do you look first? Because I, a chiropractor will talk about like kind of yeah. the, the head neck down. There's a lot of people will talk about like from the feet up, yeah. you know, like if your feet are off, Oh, the whole system's off. Right. Oh, yeah. a lot of, pelvis is also another starting point from your mindset or your, the way you look at the body and, and how the body should position and move. Where's your starting point to yeah. look for functionality of the body and where it might be dysfunctional. Oh, man, this is the golden question. <laughs> I think a great place to start is the breath. Mm. Um, the things that we do, you know, oftentimes, and I get this with athletes a lot, is, you know, they'll say, I think it's the way that I'm lifting. I think I'm just overusing my biceps, or I think I, I know I'm lifting wrong, or I know I'm bending forward wrong. Um, but... Uh, a, a great place to begin is how are you breathing, the quality of the breath. And if you're not breathing optimally, uh, you're really struggling. And you're, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, it, it really indicates uh, inefficiency right, right at the outset. Right. We begin with breath function, and then we start with the feet. And looking at front-to-back balance and bilateral balance in the feet. But, you know, if someone comes in and they say, listen, my SI joints are screaming at me right now, I, you know, it's, it's time to, it's time to boogie on that. You got it. You know, you, you better start, you, you, you have got to, um, improve their, their, their pain outcome right away. And it's, I have to put on a different hat, you know, am I, am I working with, you know, um, the quarterback of the Aggies or something, you know, we have to keep his, he's, he's, he's got to keep his shoulder. Right to stay in the game. Um, but if I have someone coming in and they say, and they come in and their head, their head is tilted like this, but they're going, Hey, my foot hurts. <laughs> I kind of go, mm, what's up with that neck? You know? So, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, the short answer here is, uh, it's a little bit of what they come in with, but a little bit of what's structurally screaming at you. Yes. Yeah. We discussed, you know, pre-call It's about some of the, about your kind of thoughts on longevity and just, you know, you've got one body, you've got one life, you know, take care of it. What is the advice that you give to men on like just staying healthy, staying is, you know, active and, and trying to live your best life? If there's one hot tip I could give anybody, you know, just one big freebie, it's take every joint in your body into every plane of motion every day 
if you could do that, my God, you know, um, because over time, trauma <clears throat> and injuries, we dissociate from, from those segments of our body, whether we had emotional trauma to that area or we had physical trauma to that area. That's what I see over and over again is literally not just, not just, um, you know, fascial adhesions that we've been talking about, but like literally we, we have neuromotor like disassociation from areas. Yeah. yeah. Move your, keep move keep your moving. joints in various multiple planes of motion. Yeah. In some way every day. Yeah. Do that. Um, you know, uh, obviously, obviously keep our, keep our strength up. I mean, as we age, uh, God, proprioception, challenge your proprioception for God's sakes, you know, Define people don't want to do that for the, for the non-trainer slash <laughs> like fitness professional. Yeah. Um, challenging position of your body, mm -hmm. um, you know, balance and doing odd things, doing odd things with your body, you know, in, in sort of a dumbed down sense, do awkward things. Yeah. Proprioception is a better way to say like functional training. But I think this idea of like, Hey, if I'm going to be curl pressing, what if I was standing on one foot? Yes. What yes. if I was standing on my left foot and only curl pressing with my right hand? Oh yes. We're creating a unilateral imbalance. Oh yeah. My brain, my muscles and my body have to stabilize and figure out. Ah. So, versus just like sticking a barbell on your back, yeah. planting your feet and squatting, which is a great exercise. Right. Mm -hmm. Or a leg press, which is even worse because there's zero stability you have to create for yourself. Uh, so if, if leg press or leg extension or some sort of machine for legs is zero stability, a barbell squat would be like a little bit more stability because you're obviously balancing a bar on your back. Uh, but then you go into a lunge, that's even more stability. Yes. And then you go a little bit farther and you say, okay, well, I'm going to maybe I'm going to put one leg up. And I'm going to do a Bulgarian split squat, right? Where you're, yes. where you're more, the balance is even more challenging. Yes. Right? And, you know, and then you can start messing around with equipment or having, you know, a band around your knee. So you're working internal st stabilization of the knee while you're, you know. So this is the way that things get more complicated and challenge the word, which we're talking about, pro yeah. proprioception. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just the vegetables people don't want to <laughs> take, I think. Sure, but. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think it takes it. You have to be in the right place in your life to understand like that. I, I have a certain amount of time at the gym, right? If I, if I have unlimited time hours of in the week to go to the gym, then you can kind of do strength, you know, the traditional, you know, strength training stuff that you probably learned in high school or college. And you can uh -huh. do some of these other things too. It's kind of like what, um, my a friend of mine used to call them like movement vitamins. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Your movement vitamins. Okay. Yeah. So the movement vitamin idea is basically like, yeah, let's do some concepts that require proprioception to car balance, uh, that are a little bit more like brain body complicated that require more, more of like kind of that turning yeah. on multiple parts of our, our body and brain to, to process the, the movement. Uh, yeah. so you gotta have some movement vitamins in there. Uh, you know, is kind of what I'm hearing from you. Right. <laughs> And you had a whole part of your career where you really were focused on like athletic enhancement, working with athletes, getting them you know, healthier, recovered, optimal for performance. Talk about that time in your life. Like, what did you, what, what were you learning 
from that that informs the way you work with kind of the general population around pain? You know, for some reason, I attracted more athletes and I would get these communities of like uh, a lot of kite surfers and um, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu people, a lot of yoga people. And so, you know, you just kind of, that was what was coming through the door, you know. And it's a healthier sort of demographic, too. What now, I, li- I was on the Oakland-Berkeley border. Okay. And now I'm in Sacramento. And sorry, Sacramento, I love you, but, like, they're just not, not as healthy. You know, it's just, it's just not as healthy. Yeah. And so, yeah. so that's what's coming through the door. A lot, a lot of that and a lot, it was just a lot of, a lot of, stress and a lot of trauma is that is that a post-pandemic phenomenon or is that just life is stressful and i i have to say yes i mean that's that's my my best guess yeah it feels like something's different yeah yeah um i don't know i don't i don't try to try to guess people's i'm not gonna speculate too hard but it's it's too you know there's more i don't believe in coincidences sure you know yeah. Going back to the, one of the topics you brought up early on, and I asked you kind of what was the first thing you look at, you talked about breathing. And I yeah. think this is a hard one for people to wrap their head around. I think it's very hard for people to understand just how impactful breathing or inability to breathe well can be on the body and how we hold tension and how we process, whether it's from your perspective as an athlete, you know, as a martial artist or as a um, you know, practitioner of rolfing and such, like, what are you trying to get people to understand about breath and how vital it is? Mm. Wow, big question. All right. First off, um, you know, I, I would just say that we can use breath as a, like a, it's a, an incredible leverage point for changing our state of being. The East has known this for forever, you know. Right. It's why it's as old as the hills, you know. Um, and uh, you know, now, and and now it's being validated by like people like Huberman, you know. Now they're talking about actually being able to change your state of mind through breath. I think at the outset, for me, is um, I want to, you know, a I want to look at a body and see that the breath is moving in a three dimensional way. So oftentimes, uh, I can see a really, really um, uh, overdeveloped neck, mm-hmm. a neck that's just really, really developed. And uh, I might notice that the, the direction of breath actually goes up. So they will, they will go, <gasps> you know. Yeah, right. And instead of the breath moving down, and not just down into the diaphragm, but that actually the rib cage can widen and come back in. So I kind of visualize the lungs as moving like two spheres that really move in all three dimensions. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I think, uh, I think for so long, I mean, this idea of like, okay, diaphragmatic breathing was important that we've heard, we heard that. I mean, definitely if you're a singer, you know, I was an actor singer, so we talked about diaphragmatic breathing, but it yeah, just like the stomach, like it used to be just like push the stomach out and that would drop the diaphragm down. But yeah, what, you know, what was really a game changer for me was understanding kind of the way that the, the back breathes 
Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. realize that I had this, especially upper back tension. I could not expand my upper back when I breathe. Like it just, it, w- it was stuck. And so I had a lot of just kind of like tension around the upper back, which just didn't allow me to radiate breath out, out the backside in a sense. It was really only happening a little bit in, in the obliques. Yeah, you know, with the expansion of the ribs out, and but mostly just kind of happening here, and it would pro- it would process up into my neck, uh, especially when I was working out. Like, yeah, know, shoulder shoulders yeah. would raise up, and the you know the muscles of the neck would get involved, and, and the scalenes and all that kind of stuff. And so I, you know, have been and currently working on like when I work out, I consider. How am I breathing? Can I wake up my back? Can I wake up the muscles of the breathing? Can I make sure that I'm as optimal as possible before I start yeah. doing movements where I'm not going to be thinking about my breath? I'm going to be thinking about lifting the weight. Yeah, yeah. That's, you know, I mean, in, in, a, in a kind of general sense here, I think oftentimes my clients, it's, the, it's like they're, ta- they're thinking about the what rather than the how. And they want to apply exercise principles to um, actually a therapeutic problem. Mm. And those don't always match up, you know. So if I have a shoulder impingement, um, it's not good to do more pull-ups. You want to get that shoulder impingement straightened out so you actually get something out of the workout so you can get back to the workout. Right. Somebody comes in, they've got a shoulder impingement, they've got pain. They want you to help them work, uh, kind of help them sort it out. How does it work? Are you working kind of soft tissue, like moving the fascia? How does that work? That's a great question. Going back to fascia, you know, it, it's uh, it's these are the this is the casing around muscle. So imagine a rubber band. Okay, if you tie a rubber band in a knot and now you stretch it, well, the rubber band's going to stretch more in the segments that are not tied in a knot, but that segment that's tied in a knot doesn't stretch, right? Right. So Rolfing's trying to actually undo that knot, right? We're not just sitting there stretching things. We're trying to unadhere stuck fascial segments. And when you actually feel that, that we've, you know, maybe differentiated two stuck pieces... Um, they, they really feel the difference. This is really different from stretching something. Okay. This is un, yeah, or, or just massaging it. And to do that requires a really special kind of contact. Um, you know, it's kind of like, uh, if you have a sticker on a jar and you want to peel that sticker off, but you, you don't want to break the sticker. Mm -hmm. You just want to carefully peel it off. Well, you know, you can't, you don't want to, you don't want to just apply a bunch of lotion and rub it on there, <laughs> and you also don't want to take a foam roller and roll that out, right? You got to carefully peel that sticker off, and that's that's kind of how rolfing works. It's it's uh, it, it requires knowing the anatomy well, and um, and a very specific kind of touch. Sure, yeah, that's a good analogy. I had a chiropractor who talked about like putting a rubber band around your finger. It's like you can massage, you can ice it, but until, yeah. until you take the rubber band off, you haven't really solved the problem. Yes, and yes. So often, like we, you know, there's, you know, 
we have a soreness. Okay, I'm going to foam roll it. I'm going to stick a Theragun on it. I'm going to ice it. I'm going to do an ice bath. Yeah. Do all, you know, we, we throw all these therapeutic things on it. Yeah. But are we actually addressing the root cause? Most of the time, yes. Yeah. It's always hard to give a, a broad brush stroke answer because, e again, everybody has such different needs. But I would sure. say for men, as they get older, the you know, the most common things I see is losing pelvic function, losing pelvic mobility. Don't lose your pelvic mobility uh, for a lot of reasons, okay? <laughs> you don't want to have, <laughs> for one thing, back pain, low back pain is almost always pelvic dysfunction related to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to lose sexual dysfunction. Um, I, I mean, I just believe that pelvic mobility is, is, uh, is, is partly the fountain of use. You know, it's just yeah. pretty universally Westerners just lose it by all the sitting we do. Well, so. I think too, we, we, you know, you, you hurt your back, you're down for the count for three to six weeks. We'll take medication for the pain. We might do a little bit of PT, but as soon as the pain goes away, we're back, we're back to doing the old, but we're going to avoid things that we think are going to lead us back to an injury. So we might um, not squat as deep, or we might yeah. avoid low back movements like back yeah. extensions or things that we feel are unsafe to our kind of fragile low back. That's but right. what that in turn kind of leads to is adaptation of these restricted movement patterns that basically creates tighter and tighter hips and back. And, and then it's almost like, you're creating the problem you didn't want to have to begin with, right? Yeah, that's compensation for you right there. Right. So that's a secondary compensation. And then maybe I, I don't want to move at the hips. So now I'm putting it all on my spine to move right? instead of that segment that's not moving. So right. then you have tertiary compensation after a couple more years. Right. So, yeah, you're right. Just keep, keep it moving. But you got to find it, you, you know, if you're, if you're injured, you got to slowly, slowly find, find movement in a, in a safe way before you're really going back at it. Yeah. Great episode with Tom Richards. He's in Sacramento, California. You should check him out, tomrichards.co, not com, but tomrichards.co. It's also in the show notes. You can see more information about him, uh, rolfing in general, things like that. Uh, if you're stuck with that chronic injury, something that doesn't seem to be getting better with like the traditional approaches like physical therapy and things like that, you might take a look at something like rolfing. I think the concepts around looking at the body holistically is something that's coming out into our um, kind of the paradigm of training and fitness a little bit more uh, now than, than 10 years ago at least. Last but not least, if you're looking for some coaching, uh, that's what I'm doing these days, doing a lot of online coaching, accountability, meal plans, uh, fitness, the whole bit. We're even looking into uh, blood work, VO2 max, things like that, looking at DEXA scans. I could help you find labs around your area to do that type of thing. So you can really be holistic in our approach to you know, anti-aging, getting stronger, and doing those things. If you're interested in finding out more information, go ahead and jump into the show notes, shoot me an email, and we'll set up a discovery call. All right, thanks for listening to the Mindset Forge podcast.